Dear listeners, you have tuned in to the Photography Brothers podcast. And we have a very thrilling episode of the podcast here for you today. So uh, very glad that you decided to click on this podcast episode. We have a very exciting guest today. You're not just going to have to listen to me and Michael ramble on like we normally do uh, and make really, um, really amateur jokes, I'm going to say, really amateur jokes. We've got a uh, very exciting guest, as I said, who we'll, uh, we'll reveal here in a moment. We don't want to uh, give our guest away until after the song, which I'll play for you after some banter um, to open the podcast. So before we can get into any of that, I think that I should probably uh, warn you guys and warn our listeners uh, out there. This might be a weird episode of the Photography Brothers podcast. I got some uh, pretty um, terrible personal news about two hours before jumping on with you guys. Uh, Already I feel better since we are yeah, recording the pod now, and it's good to be with uh, you two gentlemen here, but I found out uh, that my grandmother passed away last night, so that oh, is, uh, yeah, pretty pretty heavy stuff. She was old. <laughs> she was like 93 years old, um, so yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll dedicate this uh, episode of the podcast to Viola, and uh, yeah. She was uh, she was awesome, and uh, she'll be missed for sure. Uh, not to bum everybody else, <laughs> everybody out on the podcast, but uh, yeah, if I do start uh, just crying hysterically, you guys will understand why. Uh, but we're not here to talk about all of that. I uh, just want to give a shout out to my grandma. Um, we've got some banter here, so since we do have a uh, guest. Um, who has a movie podcast. I figured we'd talk about uh, some movies that we watched with our dads. So a memorable experience of seeing a movie with your dad. Uh, John Michael, do you want to go first? Fuck, I gave the guest away. (laughs) Hi, everybody. I'm John Michael Bond. Nice to meet you. Um, let's see, uh, uh, just like a movie I, I watched with my dad. I mean, that one's going to be hard for you. You watch a lot of movies with your dad. Well, yeah, I have, I have a podcast <laughs> literally just watching your thing. <laughs> movies with my dad. Um, so I, I, I think, uh, okay, so watching movies with my dad is uh, like a back and forth because he's a giant nerd who wanted me to be a nerd like him. Uh, which means knowing science fiction, but also knowing sports. Uh, And I'm uh, a sci-fi horror nerd who doesn't care about baseball. Um, So like, like I like, I like watching sports. Like people like watching whale sounds. Um, (laughs) Like I, I find it soothing. I'll put it on to go to bed, but like, I don't care who wins. You're on the right, you're on the right podcast, man. (laughs) I like the crack and the the hiss. Um, So I'm literally wearing a Raptors championship shirt right now. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, but the place where we really bonded was music. So I would say for like a movie that I really like resonates as something I watched with my dad is uh, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, have you ever heard of Buckaroo Banzai? It's uh... a... <laughs> only, only because of that horrible um, Ready Player One movie. That's the only reason why <laughs> I know about Buckaroo Banzai. I... Even what it is. Ready Player One is... 
it, it, it's one of those things that felt like it was made for me. Like I felt like I was being teased when I heard about it. Yeah. Where they're like, it's going to have the Iron Giant and Chucky and they're going to fight for good. I'm like, that's everything I've ever wanted. Yeah. And then it was just the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, all right. So Buckaroo Banzai is about, um, the long story short, it's about a new wave band that saves the world from an alien invasion. Okay. Um, wow. That sounds cool. Got Jeff Goldblum, Peter Weller. It's a just a really bizarre, strange film with like samurais and ninjas and aliens and a new wave band and Jeff Goldblum inexplicably dressed as a cowboy a lot. And it's just a fantastic film. So I would go with Buckaroo Banzai. Okay, Buckaroo Banzai. We've got John Michael's uh, dad movie recommendation. Uh, Michael Costa, you got a, a memorable experience watching a movie with your dad? Uh, yeah, I think my dad has never been a big uh, theaters guy. Uh, even just getting him to watch a movie uh, has been difficult. For for me, has been difficult because I want to show him everything. We got him um, to listen to our podcast. So that's him, something. Yeah, he's a religious listener <laughs> of the show. <laughs> number one, uh, super fan. Michael's number dad. one. Appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate it. Love you, pops. Um, but the one movie experience I had as a young kid uh, with my father was going to see, I believe it was called Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. Oh, nice. Oh, that yeah. comedy there. Yeah. I, I recall very little about the film. I haven't seen it since, although I have purchased the DVD recently so I can slot it in and kind of remind myself. Um, <laughs> but I just remember loving it and like laughing so hard, my dad laughing so hard and it was a great experience. Right on, man. Uh, I've got, uh, I think both of you guys went with comedies, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So probably yeah. the uh, the most distinct memory I have of seeing a movie with my dad, especially in the theater, is uh, when my dad took me when I was I think 16 years old to see 300. Wow. Yeah, oh, and it was wow. I think it was opening night or like very close to it, full theater. And uh, yeah, man, like that was back uh, that was back in the days when the, when you didn't just see uh, tits and violence all the time. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't as it wasn't as readily available as it is now and very special uh, yeah. moment for a 16 and, year old and that that movie oh, has yeah. a lot of yeah. a lot of both so uh yeah definitely watching that with my dad you know uh was something very um very special and uh you know these days the violence doesn't appeal to me as much as it did but uh at that period for sure that was uh memorable I think that movie is a lot like uh, Cruel Intentions, where it's one of the like great bisexual awakenings of a generation. Because <laughs> like Cruel Intentions, late '90s, just like so many gals were like, "Oh man, I do want to kiss my best friend," and I feel like oh. 300 is for like for a lot of dudes that was a make or break moment. Where yep. they're like, I've never seen. Here's the thing: you've seen abs, but you've never seen like 300 abs at once. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. like, when yeah. you see all those, that is, that is like, it, it will it, it washboards your sexuality. Whatever comes out <laughs> the end is the purest form. And I think it's a We're great all, thing. I, that was. I walked great. out of that movie, and my wife was like, "What did you think of it?" And I was just like, "I think I like dudes. Not like, yeah. like I like you too, but like <laughs> I think I'm gay. Like you know what? Like cruel intentions means for you. That's yeah. what 300 means for me now, which is weird because Frank Miller would be furious about it. Well. Woody, though, I don't know, man. There's there's definitely that thing of, of manliness where you get so manly where you kind of cross back over, right? A lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> movies are sort of like that. So I'd like to believe that. But the guy who wrote 300 also wrote a Batman story that was so yeah. fascist that they were like, this is too fascist for a millionaire who beats up poor people. Yeah. So, like, he's... <laughs> 
It's a great, it great, Batman great Batman story, Islam. though. One, uh, one of one of the few uh, graphic novels that I still have. So, anyways. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look up Holy Terror. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll check it's it out. It's his lost script where Batman fights Islam. Oh, I didn't even know that oh, was wow. a real thing. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's, wow. It's dark. <laughs> good, good stuff. All right. Well, on that note, uh, I've got a song for you guys. So give me a second. I'll grab oh, my guitar and uh, we'll right. play a little. We'll play a little song. We can stop. I made Sydney loop that music a lot of times, but I hope it was worth it. Hell yeah. It's good music. So it's good times. I got a song for you guys. Uh, any Queens of the Stone Age fans out there? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. This one's for you then, John Michael. Hey Michael, why you all alone? I wanna take some photos and maybe record a good podcast, baby. We got a guest, John Michael Bond. Really glad he came along. Okay, it's time to start the podcast, baby. I got this part for you guys too. Uh, Dear listeners, hi. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm your photographer, Jared Poirier. We have another great photographer over there wearing like a corduroy hat. Yes, and his name is Michael Costa. How you guys doing? Uh, Growing photographer on YouTube. Just going to plug that more. That's a good idea. And uh, I spoiled spoiled it earlier, but we got a guest. And uh, who are you, our guest? Hi, I'm uh, John Michael Bond. I'm the co-host of the Dad Movies podcast, a stand-up comedian, and uh, a occasional professional photographer. Nice, yeah, D- a guy that does too much stuff, just like uh, just like Michael and I. So you're in very yeah. good company here. Just running from <laughs> silence every day. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. If we if we have to sit with our own brains for like ten minutes, I mean, that's gonna just. <laughs> yeah. No, that's. That, difficult to deal with <laughs> here's the thing humanity survived and thrived and evolved for millions of years without constant sound and thank god we've solved that problem oh man. uh just you know like uh we created noise pollution like that's yeah. how that's how uncomfortable we are with silence that we figured out how to affect nature with it <laughs> well, it's a good thing that we did, though, man, because uh, otherwise you wouldn't be on the show right now if, you're, uh, if your sound waves hadn't infected my ears with the Dad Movies podcast, then, uh, then we, ne- we never would have been able to experience this. So The sound of my voice is the plague that keeps on giving. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, I, I just appreciate you being on here so much, man. I'm honestly, uh, I'm honestly a huge fan of your podcast, and uh, it was very exciting when I found out um, that you're actually a photographer as well, which uh, gave me a really good justification to bring you on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I wanna, I, anything that yeah. gets me uh, attention, I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I, I, I can't say that we have the uh, the hugest uh, fan base in the world, but you know, we have a few listeners out there, and uh, quite a few of them are into photography, and probably into movies and uh I'd, I'd imagine most of them have dads so <laughs> we uh we used to have a better listenership and then we did a nine week fast and the furious series and I, we we burned it to the ground like we it's all loyalists <laughs> the only people who listen to us anymore are people who are very loyal to the podcast <laughs> well let's let's uh talk about that man because uh i know that that wasn't the favorite series 
of a lot of your listeners, but that was one of my favorite uh, series that you guys yeah. have done. And uh, I wasn't always a big fan of the Fast and Furious movies. Um, I definitely, uh, you know, when the first few were coming out, probably even like when up until like when like seven was coming out, I was very mm-hmm. dismissive of the franchise, right? Um, kind of thought of it, you know, just like stupid car movies. And uh, I guess in my con- contrarian ways, I was just like, ah, it's stupid car movies. There's really mm-hmm. nothing to it. Um, I definitely have my uh, fiance Masha to thank for getting me into those movies probably like maybe two years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. She kind of forced me to watch through them and uh, we did it. We did it in a similar fashion as uh, as uh, you and uh, your dad, Bill, man. We like shotgun them, watch them all. Uh, So I've seen all of the Fast and Furious films, uh, uh, including Hobbs and Shaw. And uh, just the first movie that I saw back at the theaters after lockdown was F9. So and your your podcast got me like right up ready to uh <laughs> ready to go and i think i listened to the last episode the the day before i went in the theater man oh hell yeah nice. we um yeah i i it it was very weird i feel like we lost our listenership over it because people didn't listen to the episodes because yeah. like and i and i completely understand why most people would be like there's i already done two of these what could they possibly do but by right, the time right. we got to the fifth one my dad was explaining how like the fifth fast and the furious movie is a retelling of the gospel of john yep. and like it's <laughs> yeah no it's it is it's so weird and like oddly heady because he's a minister um i i didn't watch those movies until like the third one came out and i saw it on a double feature at a drive-in with cars and Cars was one of the worst films I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we should leave. And my wife's like, let's watch just like the first 20 minutes of Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. And if it's not good, oh, we'll leave. Nice. And that's my favorite one in the series. Yes. One of the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's oh. very street level in a way that you don't anticipate. Like it's, it's I mean, I, Karate Kid is a very like, it feels on the nose to be like, Tokyo Drift is like Karate Kid. But like, it does very much have that sense of like a master slowly teaching an arrogant young kid to like learn how to, to fight. And like, I fell deeply in love with these movies. And then dad for years just thought they were the dumbest thing. And then, but I, but I worked at a video store for a long time and I knew how important Fast and Furious was to every father son that I knew who came in my video store. So like I internalized it as like, oh, this is like a future dad movie that we're going to have to talk about at some point. And I finally got him to watch the first one. And by the end, he was just like, I love Dominic Toretto. So we kept going. <laughs> Family. What I didn't know is um, he was going to retire from ministry. He's a pa- He's been a pastor my entire life. Uh, and we started the series of like pounding through all the movies uh, three weeks before he announced he was going to retire. Uh, like his his church is a very small church, and they lost a lot of people in the pandemic, and they were mad at him for not having in person worship. Uh, so they were like, you know, we we think we want someone who has who's like more in line with our values, and he was like, great, I'll be done in four weeks, and they were like, no, wait, what? <laughs> like, uh, so I, it ended up working out that the week that the last Fast and the Furious movie came out was the last week he was preaching. So I like flew out as a surprise to see him. Got to see him do like the last show, uh, which he hates how I refer to it, but whatever. Uh, and uh, then we went and saw the last Fast Furious movie and got to do our first in-person podcast. So if we hadn't set fire to our listenership, I wouldn't have like one of the most uh, uh, touching and poignant like three days I've ever had with my pop where I got to surprise him with like see him do his last ministry. And then also watch him shout hell yeah out loud when uh they started drinking corona at the end of the fast nine so <laughs> you know 
roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> get that get that Budweiser out of here. He was furious. He was furious at the end of Fast Eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you though. I think I think Tokyo is probably my favorite as well. And I think the reason for that is yes, like the the story that they're telling, it does kind of it is kind of familiar, but it's one that you like hearing. I mm-hmm. guess like um, in the type of story it's telling, but I think also the racing just felt the best for me yeah. in that movie. It felt like everything, especially as, exactly, especially as the series goes on. And, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily hate, like I know a lot of people hate how, how it has transitioned into more of like a crime, um, you know, theme and, and kind of running away or, or mm-hmm. trying to get the guy or whatever. It's the chase. I, I, I like what they've done. I think they have some really cool uh, sequences. I think, you know, obviously sometimes it goes a little a little crazy, a little cray cray, mm-hmm. um, but it never really like felt like it went there in Tokyo. And I think yeah. it fit that movie very well. And and the story told and then obviously everything that happens mm-hmm. um, throughout and at the end is emotional. Uh, great, great, <laughs> great movie. Um, but yeah, I'm also a fan of, of the series overall. And I think that people just need to. Um, p- people who do hate on the movie, I think, just need to understand that you just have gotta go have fun. Like you just have mm-hmm. fun. It's it's there to entertain you. It's not trying to um, you know, follow up the relevant, uh, the relevant. Uh, no, yeah. not the relevant. What? Ah, revenant. Revenant. <laughs> My bad. Bears. No Leo. Um, you said it, all of them, so one of them's gonna be right. <laughs> <laughs> I would be on board with a random bear attack during a Fast and Furious movie. Honestly, I, would, like, I wouldn't would... count on it not happening. <laughs> it would just end sure. with the Rock like decapitating the bear with his bare hands. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say that Rock was gonna be uh, become the bear, <laughs> kind of like a, a were bear scenario. Oh my god! <laughs> it's. I, I think also like three, like even just from a, like a photography standpoint, I like like cinematography wise, I love oh, Fast yeah. and Furious. Three, yeah. but like it does this thing that has is kind of influenced my photography also, and it's um we talk about it on the podcast a lot. It's the idea of geography. It's the the movie is constantly telling you where it's gonna go in the future, yeah. and it, the way it uses establishing shots to like give you an idea of what the landscape is yes. going to be, and yeah. it, it's so cool that like the. The first time the kid in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift gets on the highway in Tokyo, they make a point of saying if you drive past the cops at a certain speed, they know that they can't catch you because their cars don't go as fast as this speed. Yes. And they use that to, like, tell you the mechanics of why the cops aren't chasing them. But they also use it so that they can show you what it's like on the highway so that later when they have a high-speed chase on the highway, you're not trying to figure out where you are. They're Mm. like, here. We've already shown you like how this is going to work, and it makes the high speed moments uh, work just from a storytelling perspective that much better. And a lot of the other ones, they they still set it up geographically. I think they do it kind of well, but three just does such a great job of like teaching you the landscape so that when stuff happens, it it matters to you and you're in the moment more. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, man. Yeah, for sure. It's a good example of like why the franchise is, uh, you know, has had the longevity and the the fan base that it has. Like on the surface, yes, you know, there's a lot of movies that are like those movies, I suppose, with a lot of gunfights and and car chases. But it's that like extra level of depth, right? There's uh, something a little bit extra to the filmmaking, something a little bit extra to the character work and whatnot that I think makes it uh, stick with people, right? 
Yeah. And w- if I could just add in one more thing there that also could possibly transition us to something else, I'm not too sure. But I, I, one thing that I love about that film, oh, this that is I a Fast about, and Furious podcast now, and now it is just that's <laughs> everything what it I is do. Now. I'm just trying to get now. to 12 episodes about Fast and the Furious before I die, honestly. <laughs> Why stop there? Um, okay, so uh, one thing that, that that it does that also my favorite movie of all time does that I think is also relatable to photography when you're putting together books and you're trying to create theme and, um, of course, in filmmaking as well is, is you mentioned the establishing shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love, love, love when there is a focus on ensuring that the city is also the city also feels like a character in, 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 mm-hmm. in this whole uh, contraption that's being presented to you. I feel like this movie does that very, very well. I felt like uh, Lost in Translation, which is my favorite movie of all time, uh, also does that really, really well. Uh, also, I love Tokyo, so that helped. But um, it's it's so important. I, I feel like or like it, it's it's I almost feel that it takes everything a step higher when you can become more involved with where you are more um, attached to it. And just by like, you know, in film, you have two hours to make someone fall in love with that city. And I think you can do the same thing with photography when it's like long format um, and in filmmaking as well. I think it's, it's a good thing for people to think about. Look great. Yeah. Sweet. I've, I've got a, I've got a segue. Let's Tokyo drift into the next topic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And also real quick, if, if you like that, if you like the idea of talking to someone's dad about movies, but you hate Fast and the Furious, we have like 15 other episodes. Like you don't just yeah. have to listen to <laughs> Most of them, most of them aren't about uh, Fast and the Furious, the majority. The what, majority. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on uh, a couple more episodes because I do want to talk about some of my favorite episodes of dad movies a little bit at the end. Uh, I do want to talk a bit about, well, we'll talk a little bit about, about photography as well, uh, as this is a photography podcast. Uh, but before I get into that, the uh, next topic I just want to touch on here, I, I don't, I want to talk about podcasts, man, believe it or not, uh, as some. It somebody who hosts a podcast uh i do want to talk about podcasts i listen to them all the time as we talked about earlier um and we also kind of touched on this a little bit but uh you seem to have a bit of uh the curse that me and michael have i don't know if it's uh, attention deficit disorder or it is <laughs> it is for me crippling attention deficit disorder i, I think it might I be for, for myself for as well. <laughs> anyways um but yeah man i mean you, you do a lot of stuff um you, you know you have uh, your comedy stuff you even tour around you do a lot of uh, live stand-up comedy uh you know you've got uh your your love of movies um as well as uh as well as the podcast and as well as uh doing photography right so what was it about podcasting uh in particular like that format that drew you to that you know when you could do so many other things uh why was it podcast like why dad movies why did you want to do that so much i i don't i have a bad i have a hard time standing still and uh Especially during the pandemic, I had to stay still longer than I've ever had to stay still. Um, so uh, a big reason I, I, I did it was just to not hear silence. Um, like I, My wife's a tattoo artist and was out of work for most of the pandemic. But when she wasn't, um, I went from... Stay, I, I work from home, so I would like home a lot. But then at night, I would go and do shows. And when shows stopped because of the pandemic, it was basically just like I worked from home and then I stayed at work and never left. Yeah. Um, so like yeah. for my yeah. sanity, podcasts were kind of great. Um, but the, the flip side of it, honestly, it, it wasn't necessarily the podcast medium. It was uh, my dad's getting older and 
uh, like he's 67, I'm 37. And uh, I realized that like, because I've lived in different places from him, I have memories of our conversations, but like, we don't have a lot of pictures together. We don't have videos or anything like that together. And when I, we are taking pictures, it's usually me taking pictures at the holidays. Um, and I had, I really wanted to just have a record record of my dad. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I didn't want a record where I was like, okay, let's sit down and I'm going to do field recordings of you talking about what it was like to grow up in Georgia in the sixties. Um, I was like, I want to hear you talk about your thoughts and hear your weird asides and hear how you can watch fast and furious five and think it's the gospel of John or men in black and think it's an <laughs> Easter special. Uh, like that, that was really what d- drove me to it was I, even if no one ever listened to the podcast, the idea of having like a hundred recordings of my dad bullshitting about movies uh, that I could just have forever uh, was like really the driving point of it. Um, nice. I also have, I have nephews who are like uh, one and four and you know, my, my, not to be morbid, but like, you know, they're 67 we live in a plague and uh you know in 10 years there's less chance that they'll be here sorry dad if you're listening to this and uh, i i sincerely hope he is bill if I, you're listening what's up but he he knows <laughs> that's part of why this is and like i wanted my i wanted my nephews to be able to have like this record of his thoughts uh, i'm actually working on starting a podcast with my mom basically for the same reason i don't even know oh, if i'll ever no. put it out i'll just tell her she doesn't know she can't find it she doesn't know how to find podcasts. Uh, oh, my mom could never find my podcast, man. I could say yeah. anything about my mom on here. Like I, I think the I think the beauty of podcasting as a medium is like audiences don't matter to a certain degree. Like if you mm-hmm. if you love the concept of what you're doing and it means something to you, like it's it's so special to be able to have a talk radio show with anyone you want. And like you can you have the ability to find an audience forever versus like a radio show if you're not tuned in at that exact moment you know you're sol so like for me i'm i'm getting what i'm getting out of it but like every month people like hit me up and are like hey i found this on a whim through this interview you did or through uh twitter or something and like my dad's not around or my dad is around but we don't talk or my dad and i hang out every day and watch movies and this is like makes me think of that and like it's it's for me, I did it very selfishly, but it's been really fun to like kind of become more passionate about it because the people who like it love it so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was in a I was in an Uber uh, two days ago um, going to uh, shoot. I do like freelance videography. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- I mentioned that I have a podcast and the Uber driver literally didn't know about like the concept of podcasts. He was like, I nice. don't know what that is. And I got angry. Wow. <laughs> I, got, I was upset. <laughs> I mean, but you opened a whole new world to them, you know, they're going to the secret is to tell them to listen to wait, wait, don't tell me. And then if they get angry, they need to find storytelling. And if they love it, they need to find game shows. That's how you find out what podcast you like. Right, right, right. I just tell them to listen to dad (laughs) movies, bro. That's it. Hell yeah. (laughs) I'm bad about promoting my own work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I like what you you're saying here, man, because I think the key to making content that you like as the creator is having something in it for you. And, and, and Mm -hmm. honestly, the majority of it has to be for you. I think, um, I mean, there are great artists all the time that talk about how they like 
sorry, I don't I don't write my songs for my fans. I write it. Mm-hmm. I write it for me because it's just I like the sound of it. I like whatever. And those are the artists that you see. They kind of fluctuate in their sounds, and it's good. It actually helps yeah. them out. But I think sometimes I can speak for myself. At least I get I get caught in these stages where I'm just making content I don't like. And, mm-hmm. and I, I can't keep going. I, I have videos banked. I just don't want to edit them. I'm like, why Like, why do I want to do this? And it's because I'm making it for what I think will do well rather than what um, I, I want, I guess. And mm-hmm. so now I'm kind of in this stage where I haven't made videos for a few months, but I'm really starting to think about like, what do I want to make? Like, what do yeah. I want to make? So I love your story, man. That's awesome. And I totally relate to that. It's, I mean, like it, it kind of relates to my photography too in the, like I I do uh, headshots and boudoir and OnlyFans a lot because that's what the market is right now. But mm-hmm. like in my own photography, like I didn't start making prints really until about a year ago um, to have like physical copies of things. Mm-hmm. Everything I shot was for me. Um, and I would show people, like if they hired me, I, they'd obviously get the photos. I wouldn't feel like, give me a hundred bucks, get I'll never see it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like for like my walking around stuff or sometimes I would do like full on full lighting model shoots and like I'd give them the best ones, but I wouldn't show them the whole set. Um, yeah. and, a, and a huge chunk of it is just cause I like photography and I'm shy. Um, so like when I'm in theory, I'm like, when I die, someone will find this, someone will go through it. Uh, <laughs> And my wife's not nosy, so she doesn't like go through my portfolio unless I like point it, like tell her what to look at. Um, so like, it, it was great because I've never been worried when I was shooting anything about who was gonna look at it, because it never mm-hmm. occurs to me that anyone's gonna look at it. Um, like I don't have a big following on Instagram for that. Um, most of the people I follow, who follow me on Instagram follow me because I'm friends with a porn star that they like, or uh, <laughs> they know me through comedy. Um, right. And it's it's really freeing and similar to the way that podcasting is freeing is like you have this tool that you can create anything with. And then at the end of the day, you create this really special thing and who sees it is entirely up to you. Like so many people are like, oh, I don't have the audience to get the exposure for my work. And I'm like, how sad is it that these people don't get to see this cool thing I made? Like it's never occurred to me that it's a tragedy that someone might not like that I might not be seen. It's a tragedy to me that I might not get to show someone something. Yeah. Um, and like that's it's so much fun because like in podcasting, if you're worried about who's going to look at it, your podcast's probably going to suck. You're going to pander and it's not yeah. going to go anywhere. Yeah. And in your photography, if you're worried about like what people are going to think, you're going to you're not going to like take experiments with cool colors. You're not going to be like trying to do take co- slightly confrontational pictures or in my personal opinion, you're not going to try to like get stuff that looks a little bit ugly just for the sake of seeing if it can be pretty and like. That's the stuff that I enjoy the most in photography and in yeah. podcasting. It's interesting. So I'll just put this in. Jared, I know you, you want to get in there too. I, I just wanted to I'm say- chilling. Like, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I talk to I you. ramble cool. a lot. I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, bro, I'm a rambler. That is my like ethnicity, bro. Like I, It is like part of my genes. It's kind uh, of a so necessary skill for podcasts. So it, it's, it's great for podcasts. We fill the content. We fill it. <laughs> uh, we started with like hour and a half like long episodes, I swear. Um, but no, I think it's, um, oh man, I, it's like, you know what, Jared, you, if you want to go ahead and say something, I just kind of like talk myself out of remembering what the hell I was going to say. It was around what we were just saying, but Jared, go. Uh, so, I think you still got it, man. <laughs> it was around podcasts. It was about Believe in uh, yourself. creativity, taking risks. 
Uh, boom, light it. bulb, arrow. Boom. Can you animate a light bulb like five seconds? It's going to be Sydney, but uh, Sydney. Edit a light bulb. <laughs> Sydney. Oh, hi, Sydney. Back. How you doing? Sydney's back in the game. Sydney's back in the game, back in the chair. Uh, I think oh, yeah. um, we I think we all pretty much start with like it just being this genuine love for the thing. Um, like it's, you know, your friend's doing it or you're doing it. You start walking around taking photos or you just start making that podcast because you really like listening to that one guy. And it's just about the shit that you like doing mm -hmm. or it's documenting. You're kind of doing both there. Um, and I think quickly as you become more immersed in it, as you start to study it more, you care more about growing it. You care more about like the metrics, more about like those things and wanting it to grow so that you can do this thing full time. And you start to start to confuse mm -hmm. almost like what you want to do with what you need, what you feel you need to do in order for that to be the only thing you do. It's like, yeah. it's a weird cycle that you can go on, I think. Um, and that's, again, I do it all the time. I think it's also like, I've worked really hard, and I don't know if this sounds arrogant or zen. Um, I've worked really <laughs> hard in like the last couple of years of like, to I, I've, I wanted to find peace in art because I don't everything yeah. I do sounds like a fake job like my my resume <laughs> sounds like someone in witness protection <laughs> you know like oh you were a social worker you worked at a video store you recorded audio books you like <laughs> you wrote you were a porn blogger for a long time you write online ad sales like it's every like I've, I've got a bunch of weird gigs and like for, especially the problem with like comedy and photography and uh, sketch and things like that is like you, you, you view your success based on the success of everyone around you. And yeah. if you do that, you become so miserable. Like yeah. I would, I, when I lived in Atlanta, I, I hosted a comedy show that every week had like a hundred people in the basement of a rock club. And I didn't enjoy the last year of it nearly as much as I should have because I was so worried about making sure I kept my audience that I never like took advantage of having like a hundred people in the palm of my hand every week. And I had good sets, but like I didn't have the sets that I could have had. And yeah. like in, in art, I think it's really easy to get trapped in the bitterness of where you're not instead of celebrate where you are. Um, mm -hmm. And like one of the, the big blessings in my life is that I make my living as a writer and it's not the kind of writing I want to do. In my brain, I am Hunter S. Thompson. I am, uh, you know, I, I'm Thomas Wolfe. I'm out there studying the, the landscape and writing about America. But instead, I make my living as a writer writing online ad sales during the day. And you know what? As a kid, I wanted to be a writer as a living. And I made it. I did it. I'm one of the handful of people who can say that they pay their bills and their health insurance with a writing gig. And it may not be a mm -hmm. cool writing gig, but it's a writing gig, you know? And for a long time, I got really upset about not having the cool version of what I wanted. And it kept me from being able to find joy in the things that I did. And I worked really hard in my own comedy and my podcasting and my photography to, like, not give a shit anymore uh awesome. and it's and it's like to I, like I, I already even if it's not the coolest version of my dream i'm already living out one of my childhood dreams so like anything that i try to accomplish after this is just icing on a cake and if it's if it's just icing why not make the cake you want to make you know <laughs> like i already have the yeah. cool job that i wanted and like that i i think that that's hard for some people to do because like you're you're trying to find that thing that's like the thing you've always wanted to do but sometimes i feel like we find the thing we always wanted to do and then we can't 
acknowledge it's the thing we always wanted to do because yeah. it's not the coolest version of it. Because we're um, wired to want more all the time. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I don't know if we're wired to want more if we live in a society that, like, everyone's talking about hustling constantly. True. You know? True. Like, do you know how yeah. many Vikings would have just had gardens if all their buddies weren't being like, we got a pillage? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. it's peer pressure is a, a vicious thing. <laughs> Didn't think I was going to go to pillaging, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think we'd be talking about pillaging today. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, if we if we didn't have this podcast to do and, you know, if I didn't have my freelance video work, I, I probably would be pillaging. So, yeah, thank, thank God for that, man. You know, I do want to uh, I do want to address a couple more things. I definitely want to get into some of my favorite episodes of dad movies. I have two written yeah, down man. here that I want to talk about. Um, we'll we'll save that for a second. There is a little a, something a little bit more boring, but um, I do want to get your insights on this for sure. I think it'll be helpful. Uh, well, for me personally, I think it'll be helpful for me. <laughs> selfish, selfish uh, question here. And it might be helpful to some of our listeners. Um, you know, we've been doing this podcast now for, uh, I don't know, maybe like 10 months or something, Michael, almost a year, perhaps. Uh, almost yeah, a year, I think, right? Pretty much straight. Like uh, every we, week. Yeah. yeah, pretty much every week. Uh, we've had to fucking figure out a way to do this thing uh, remotely and and uh, mm-hmm. and still have guests and record through Zoom. I mean, you know, we took a little while to get set up today. It's kind of those hurdles. Uh, you went ahead and made that way harder for yourself by having like a 60 some year old man as your co-host. So I was just <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. know, knowing uh, my parents' uh, abilities um, with uh, technology there, I mean, my dad can use uh can use an ipad um and he can he can look up his bible mm-hmm. on there on there uh but i don't know how if i wanted to do a podcast with my dad i would have a very hard time so i was wondering uh if he could provide how? yeah how the heck how the heck did you figure that out man yeah uh if, uh step one have a very smart old man uh oh, my, okay my, my pop <laughs> is a bit of a tech nerd um he is he is not um he I'm not saying that we have not troubleshooted sound for way too long before many episodes. Yeah. Um, but he he like knows how to use computers. He's we've always had a computer in our house. Um, I remember him like re- unveiling 50 megs of RAM one day and just like losing his mind. Like we so we've always had computers around the house. Um, <laughs> I the secret mainly is USB microphones have gotten really good and nice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I I, sh- I taught him the main thing if you're trying to work with an older person who's not good at tech is you have to get them to get over the emotional hurdle of reading a manual. They mm. just have to do it. And <laughs> the main reason is if you you can download um EQ software for most USB mics. Yeah. And then while you're listening you can be like up and down blah 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 and once they get the basic settings we're Save plug that. and play. Yeah. yeah. So now, like, we and we do it over Zencaster, which has really has, sometimes is great and sometimes has a hard time picking up um, when you're using a third party mic. Mm. Um, so once we've once we got the settings done, we haven't had any problems with that. But if you're trying to if you're trying to work with someone who's not tech savvy, get a good USB mic. Tell them to drop like a hundred bucks on it. Um, and it will do a lot of the work for you. <laughs> That's honestly. <laughs> the the main thing uh also uh there's this there's a trick where you uh create like a little like hang 10 sign with your hand and you put your thumb to your mouth and your pinky out and uh that's technically proper mic distance oh interesting nice yeah so you're already at it 
Most cool. people like keep it instinctively, um, and it depends on like what kind of mic you're using. But yeah. when I recorded well, audiobooks, that was a, a kind of rule of thumb. I can just see in my saw like if I got way in here, right? Yeah, and it, <laughs> you get those plosives. Yeah, you get the, like ba ba. You can hear the like the the loud. It's called a plosive. You get the like that sound, yeah, and yeah. it yeah. sucks. I'm but sure if you listeners appreciate that, I you know what? <laughs> just think of it as techno and take the, yeah, the that's true. Yeah. But that was it was something I learned recording audiobooks is if you keep that like hand distance to the microphone, uh you're you're not gonna get a lot of the weird crappy sounds and things. Legit. Legit. And if you explain that to like your co host when they're starting out, it gives them the ability to like buy in to the idea of making the sound better. I think that's it for him, is like I'm not yelling at him to be to make it suck, I'm like, or to not make it suck, I'm like, yeah. all right, it's gonna, you sound good now. And he's like, good, I wanna sound good. That's important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, giving some practical tips, right? Rather than just being like frustrated with the person, right? A hundred percent. Though I've definitely gotten frustrated with them. So I want, yeah. I don't want anyone to pretend <laughs> I've, I'm, a, I'm not a terrible son. I mean, there's parts, <laughs> there's parts of, uh, th that ended up on the recording where you get frustrated with them. So, <laughs> we, yeah, we but that's just purely that. talking. But yeah. <laughs> All right. That's sweet, man. Um, actually that was, that was really good. Cause I kind of just thought that that would be a, a fun question. And instead we got like actual practical, uh, advice. So yeah, that's awesome. I, um, I recorded audiobooks for a few years and, uh, because of that, I am super into the concept of clean sound. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Man. Now, now that I've uh, been doing this podcasting stuff and my own freelance, like I I can hear uh, it's it's a gift and a curse, right? Because you mm -hmm. can hear that you can hear those flaws, but you can also really hear when audio is good. So, <laughs> yeah. But when not there's podcasts that I just can't listen to, you know, now I'm like, oh, <laughs> what about, audio is horrible. So my favorite comedians of a podcast where they wrestle, they uh, roast wrestling. And the audio is so blown out all the time that it's yeah. like it hurts my ears sometimes yeah. to hear it, and it drives me crazy. Yeah. It's like wrestling when you're wrestling with yourself trying to listen to that podcast all the time. Uh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, okay, let's get into let's talk about dad movies some more, man. Because I am let's a big fan of I am a big fan of your podcast, and I'm about to prove it with some uh, <laughs> some some dad movie deep cuts here. So you know everybody knows everybody knows about the Fast and Furious uh, series, bro. But you know these are some <laughs> these are some B side uh, dad movie episodes. I'm thrilled because all anyone tells me is stop doing Fast and the Furious. You did or, stop. It's been done for like a month. <laughs> or I love the Field of Dreams episode. Everyone seems to like the Field of oh, Dreams. Oh, really? I okay. Well, it's I a think good I, I, it's not my favorite, but it's I a good one. don't give a shit about baseball, so. <laughs> Whale there's sounds. A, there's a Blue Jays, <laughs> Blue Jays game going on like right down the street from me that I just, I do not care. Um, anyways, but uh, what I do care about are these episodes of dad movies. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, but the, the Men in Black episode is friggin' awesome uh i never in my life have read uh men in black as an analogy for easter uh but i guess that when uh k k gets eaten by the uh the cockroach the cockroach represents death and when they blow up the cockroach that's jesus uh conquering death so uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's Men in Black. I like that. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the uh, the philosopher <laughs> Slavoj Zizek, but he does he does stuff kind of like Bill, where he'll uh, he'll like read into something way too much and come up with some ridiculous thing. So one, <laughs> definitely one of my favorite episodes, man. Um, yeah, Slavoj Zizek. Slavoj Zizek. Slavoj Zizek. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah. He, do you know him? No, I just need to. I. I I am always interested in 
philosophers who are like, I have picked up the new issue of Superman, and here is why it tells you that Superfund sites are bad. Like, I, yeah. I'm a or, big fan yeah, of that here's, stuff. Yeah, for sure. Here's why, here's why it's an analogy for Stalin or whatever. Yeah, he'll give yeah. you that. He'll give you that. Um, he's got two great, uh, very good jumping on points um, to be able to understand. He's like a, a social philosopher. He talks a lot about, like, culture, and he, do, he does criticize uh, film and media a lot. Uh, so good jumping off points, very accessible. He's got two documents documentary films uh the pervert's guide to cinema okay uh and the pervert's guide to ideology Ooh. so you can check those out uh, i've got a bunch of his books man and i've read them so i'll, I'll send them down to you if you get into please them. do you can, you can borrow them <laughs> from the photo bros library i, I i'm good about <laughs> sending books back it's one of the ha- like handful of positive traits i have yeah uh where can we go with men in black man is it is it really a dad movie is men in black really a dad movie i guess okay. that's that's a question let's philosophically talk about the concept yeah. of what a dad movie is okay let's that, that's a and good i think place to go. i think that is it depends the answer is everyone is a different dad um, like I, I've, I have a friend who I told him I was doing this and he was just like, well, oh, must be nice to have a dad who has a podcast. I was like, yeah, fuck you. No, I'm just like, like, <laughs> I, like I, yeah, I get it. Not everyone has the same relationship with their dad. For me, the premise of like what a dad movie is ultimately boils down to the TV station TNT. Um, mm. if a movie is on TNT, it is probably a dad movie. They, uh, in the nineties, they had this thing called movies for guys who like movies and there was this real I had a real brainstormy moment when watching it when I was a teen uh, where it was usually like raw deal or roadhouse or like stuff like that. And yeah. then one day they showed Shawshank Redemption and I was like, this is a movie for guys who like movies. And it occurred to me, everyone likes the Shawshank Redemption, but dads love the Shawshank. Like oh, yeah. I've 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 watched like we've we've been having family conversation with and we like and we would like walk into the living room and my mom would be like channel surfing or something and Shawshank was on and we would both stop what we were doing finish Shawshank and then pick up the conversation like an hour and a half later or during the commercials or things like that dad movies are they're not necessarily it's not like war and peace or it's not like um uh bridges of madison county or uh shakespeare in love or even like uh, the crash or like whatever the the best picture winners are dad movies are like simple films that have usually like one easy hook and they might have a little bit of depth to them and they might not have depth to them but because you're watching it with someone you love you end up having a conversation about mm. them so like um for me like you asked earlier like what's a like quintessential like dad movie moment uh buckaroo bonsai emotionally for me is the answer for me i think probably the truest answer having a moment to think about it is when i saw independence day in theaters Mm. with my dad and i got to like have that moment where we were i didn't get to see jurassic park in theaters when i was a kid but i remember when we were watching it he was like elbowing me like watch this this t-rex is gonna be real cool and independence day was the first time i got to see like a big sci-fi movie with wild effects with him fresh and i got to see him be filled with the same wonder that i was filled with and it's like is it high art absolutely not is it art that made you feel something sure and it's Mm -hmm. that that middle ground of it's not like he's showing you something because he's trying to intellectually push you 
into like a new realm of thought. It's not like in the he, he's not like here I, the the before sunrise trilogy. Let's get into love, you know. Like it's not like that. <laughs> it's you're watching something that might be a little bit cheesy, but you have this emotional connection to because of what it means to the person you're watching it or even like what it means to you watching it with them yeah it's it's much more about like the 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 bonding moment of cinema so i think that i think men in black is a great dad movie because it's so funny it's so scary at times like genuinely like disturbing at times the fact that it's just a dude walking around in a flesh sack the entire movie it's short it's like an hour and 20 minutes yeah. long or something yeah you awesome. walk out of it quoting stuff at each other but it's also just deep enough that you probably will have a little bit of an emotionally resonant conversation when you watch it like that's what we're what our goal is with dad sure. movies the tagline right. of the podcast is you can't watch Shawshank all the time. Um, <laughs> and that, that is kind of our philosophy. <laughs> I, I think you really uh, you, you proved the philosophy as well with that with the Happy Gilmore episode, because that <laughs> one, uh, when I saw that one, I was uh, I was barbecuing and I, I kind of looked down at my phone, uh, you know, through the, the meat sweats. And I was like, oh, God, Happy Gilmore. Like that is not that is the the opposite of a dad movie almost. Uh, but the now that I hear kind of your your philosophy, um, you know, know kind of how you're how you're approaching the dad movie uh it spurred a lot of conversation between the two of you and uh <laughs> you know you you had a lot to talk about um just on such a, a silly adam sandler movie who, who i've come to appreciate more um and be less right. dismissive of so yeah the the happy gilmore episode is <laughs> that was that one was really special to me uh ironically <laughs> like oh they're all special to me that one was very special because like I dragged him kicking and screaming to that movie. Yeah. And then he laughed harder <laughs> than I've ever like we my dad laughs too hard when he laughs too hard. Like everyone I feel like most people, if your dad has a good laugh, like it's embarrassed you in public. We've been oh, asked yeah. to leave places. <laughs> oh yeah. Like we've been we've been in movies and people have been like, Sir, you have to calm down. Like when he <laughs> he laughs super hard and like Happy Gilmore is the first time I saw him in a narrative movie laugh that hard. The only time I'd ever seen him laugh that hard before was during the trailer for Free Willy, um, <laughs> where the, it was just he was sitting there and he was like, this is going to suck. And they were like, a boy in trouble, a whale in need of a friend. And they were like, yeah, we got a Free Willy. And he's like, they're going to call this Free Willy. And then it like, like he leaned over to my mom and said, they're going to call this Free Willy. And then it cut to the scene of the little kid like punching the air. And then the Michael Jackson song hit that like changed the world, make it a better place. And then it just went free Willie. And he started laughing so hard that an usher asked him to leave. Like during the trailers, he was making such wow. like he he was a, he was weeping at how stupid this trailer was. <laughs> That's incredible though, to get kicked out before the movie even starts. Like that's impressive. Is... I've never seen him laugh like that in an actual movie. Yeah, and an actual joke, yeah. Until Happy Gilmore. <laughs> so it was like a very poignant moment for him. But that's, I feel, like, I, I feel like that's what's so beautiful about the concept. Um, and we, it pro- I don't know if it would have lasted as many episodes as it had if we hadn't started discovering more about like what we think it's about. Yeah. And like the thing that's so cool to me about like the concept of a dad movie is like a dad movie really ends up being anything that your dad responds to that you show them as much as anything that they show you that's like emotionally relevant to like your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um so like uh for me st- like dragging my dad to see Memento 
is like a really important moment in our relationship because that was the first movie I showed him to where he realized I had good taste, you know, like because that came out when I was in high school, you know, and like he I had shown him movies before that were good. Yeah. But he had never I had never been like, yo, check this dude out. He's going to become important to cinema. And now like Nolan's one of his favorite directors and I hate Nolan. So like it's. (laughs) That's another podcast now. We got to have that discussion. Christopher Nolan is an amazing director who should not be allowed to film anything he writes. Yeah, I'm just not sure that he's a human. Yeah, he's a great director. (laughs) I just I want I want Christopher Nolan to be forced to make a studio comedy before he's allowed to write about time travel again. We'll get him oh, to do. Uh, he needs to do like the Who Framed Roger Rabbit remake. Oh, oh no, like not I, small studio comedy. Oh, we're going I real want, small. Okay. I want I want Christopher Nolan to be forced to do like I Love You Man too yeah, before he's right, allowed right. to give, touch a hundred million dollar budget. We're gonna give I, him like two million before <laughs> we give him another hundred. Yeah. I, I just want him to take a breath, man. Yeah, fair. All fair, of his stuff fair. is so it's 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 a guy who thought he bought acid and actually bought DOC and has been tripping for three days. <laughs> Tenet. And he's like positive <laughs> he's gonna change the world, <laughs> and then Tenet happens. Yeah, well, he, cha- okay. he changed he changed my world with the Dark Knight, so I can't really <laughs> can't really talk shit. Oh man, um, Interstellar, Interstellar, yeah. really Interstellar? Okay, well, anyway, oh, yeah. I do yeah, love Interstellar. Easy. I'm not gonna lie, I love Interstellar. Yeah. Okay, John Michael, we'll bring you back on for our Christopher Nolan episode of the uh, Photography yes. Brothers, I guess. Um, yes, it's been, been freaking awesome. It's been awesome <laughs> having you on here, man. This has been so cool. Uh, I thought you were gonna be a good guest. I was super excited about it, and uh, I'd have to say that you definitely, uh, you know, you definitely destroyed my expectations on that one, man. So, uh, we'll... <laughs> didn't say which direction, but I take that yeah. as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we tried to get Bill on, you know, and Bill, Bill, he's a busy guy, so we had to go with uh, with the runner-up. But <laughs> uh, he will, he will happily do it if you ever want him. He will, he will tell you about his blurry iPhone photos and. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you you taught him how to use microphones and stuff, so you really yeah. set you really set him up well. I mean, he's retired from the pastor game, but there there's no reason why he doesn't have a great career in podcasts ahead of him. So <laughs> he is actually starting a pastoring podcast. Uh, in a couple, I, in a I am months, not so. I'm not shocked by that, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's, uh, he's yeah. the good kind of pastor. He's like a socialist <laughs> who thinks that gay people should have rights. Like he's not like I, the bad kind of pastor. Like I would agree. We have to say that now, I guess. I, I we do. There are not a lot. Yeah. Of Christ-filled pastors. There's a lot of uh, there are a lot of pastors who are like just hateful bigots. It, also, if you guys are hateful bigots, still put the episode up. I, I I'm down with promotion, <laughs> however it comes across. But yeah, there's there's too many people out there who don't know. Like I I left the church for that reason, and like uh, I'm I'm very thankful to. I'm thankful to have a dad who, even if I don't agree with him on religious stuff, uh, always. Like he's one of the only people who, when they say like they're a Christian, I'm yeah. like they're a Christian. Oh, and for like, sure, man. And like in a true cool way. So if you're if you're turned off of, of from the pot at the idea of a pastor trying to make uh, Fast and the Furious or <laughs> Men in Black into a Christian thing, I swear to God, it is much more psychedelic than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> it's 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 much different than what you expect, to be honest, man. And uh, you know, I won't get into it a lot. I do I do have my own like complicated uh, relationship with religion and stuff like that mm-hmm. because of what you're talking about, because of the you know uh, not accepting gay people or being mm-hmm. racist or different things like that. Um, but yeah, you're. When I do listen to uh, to what Bill has to say, that kind of reminds me of like you know, 
when you take it back to the text and you look at like, you know, the actual philosophy of Christ, it's, it's something very different than that. Right. So I, I'm just a firm believer. You shouldn't talk to any pastor who hasn't done a gay marriage. If you haven't, I don't oh, believe shit. you. Oh shit. I don't, I don't <laughs> believe you believe what you say you believe if you haven't done one. Yeah. Do you really believe in love if you haven't done that? Right. So yeah. Um, to, to close us out, uh, why don't we borrow a tradition uh, from the dad movies podcast? What's a, uh, a piece of dad advice that you could share um, that you've learned either from, uh, from photography or from podcasting? Um, a piece of, Ooh, that's a fun one. A piece of fatherly advice that I have learned from let's say photography. from photography. Let's say from photography. Oh no, yeah, yeah no, that I I that I'm I, I love that premise. Um okay, actually I think this is this is something I've learned in the last year. Um and I I tried to teach my uh, four-year-old nephew how to use my camera. And I have um I taught I was trying to teach him how to use a five D Mark III Canon, which is on manual settings is like a nightmare. You you didn't trust him with the R five, huh? Um, no, no, absolutely not. I'm still paying them. I'm, that's, I'm, I walk, I, the, doing street photography with the R5 is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. uh, Taking it out of the case is terrifying. Oh God, it is. Yeah. Um, so, but I was trying to teach my four-year-old nephew how to use my, my camera with manual settings. And it was really interesting because I feel like when we try to teach things to adults, we immediately talk to them like they're professionals and we, when we talk to children and try to teach them things we talk to them if you're if you're trying to teach effectively you talk to them the way you would talk to yourself and uh it was really fun to show him how shutter speeds work and how aperture works and i i didn't use those terms i just showed him like when you touch this button if you do it up it goes here and if you go down it is here tried to break it down to its most basic <laughs> things yeah. and like Watching him learn because I had the patience to try to approach the idea from his level instead of trying to teach him what I know uh, in my brain made me start thinking about the way that I shoot in my own life and how frustrated I get when I have an idea in my head about what I want an image to be, but I don't know how to get it there yet and how I, I, I think that like, Sometimes in photography, you need to remember to be gentle with yourself when you're trying to create a space and an image. And you're going to have all this knowledge in your head about how to get that shot that you're not going to try three or four opposite things that could get you the same thing. So you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I have to use a bright flash and I have to use a fast exposure so that I can capture like the sharpness of this image and blah, blah, uh -huh, blah. Uh -huh. But it's like, okay, but what if you use like a higher aperture, a longer exposure, and then just at the very tail end of the long exposure, you hit a flash. Give yourself the space to try to explore those things. Because like when you're explaining it to a kid and you're explaining how like, time and holding the shutters open and like adding yeah. light and all that stuff there's never a part where you're like these are the rules you're just like this is how you open it this is how you close it and if you go into shooting and give yourself that space to just know how the camera works but not assume you know how the shot's gonna work you're gonna end up having a lot more fun shooting and i like personally i used to always be so stressed out when i went on a shoot or I, when I was even doing just like walking around doing street photography, I would get so freaking stressed out. 
and it was just because I was trying to do everything correct or make sure I didn't accidentally yeah. overexpose something that I wasn't having as much fun as I could have. Yeah, you weren't experimenting, right? Yeah, and like I think that's the thing. I just I think when you're unless you're on a paid gig, you should allow yourself to shoot like a kid sometimes, and just be like, what is what does this do? Maybe it'll screw up. Maybe it's gonna come out absolutely crappy. But like. The flip side of that is you're probably going to discover new things about the way light works and you're going to discover new things about your camera and settings you never even imagined to play with because you're not necessarily following the rules. You're just giving yourself space to create. Like People look at cameras like tools and they should look at them like paintbrushes more often. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude, I love that. That's uh, well said. very true. Very true, and uh, something that I'm I'm gonna take your advice on that man, and uh, and keep experimenting with my own photography and videography, even if it is a paid shoot. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I, uh, I, yeah. I I experiment on paid shoots all the time, but I'm all also time. dreadfully yeah. unprofessional. So like that's just <laughs> <laughs> just get the secure shots, get the simple ones, and then start experimenting. I think just <laughs> in case, right? Uh, yeah, man. Um, so I think we'll get out of here. We've got a long episode of the podcast, but uh, it's been awesome, dude. As I said, it's. Oh, yeah. Been great yeah been totally great having you on here definitely one of our best guests uh before we go uh michael is there anybody that you want to thank i want to thank cusco nice um who has not vomited on my bed today That's uh, there's my cat um it's been unfortunately fans of the trend. show fans of the show will know fans of the show will know and be proud of cusco um also want to <laughs> uh say thank you jared Oh. for uh hopping on this is uh i had a great time great conversation and uh obviously you had uh on a real note a very serious thing happen and i'm glad that you were able to join us on this conversation today man. yeah thanks for taking my mind off it guys uh john michael anybody you want to thank before we get out uh, here I, i'd like to thank my uh my old man bill bond uh he's a great podcast host a better person and uh, i'd like to thank you guys for doing this and uh as someone who uh, lost both of my grandparents and then had to podcast that day both times, uh, or well, I, I read four of them at one point, but like, as someone who has had to podcast twice on the day that uh, I've lost a grandparent, I, you've done an amazing job, and thank you for uh, you know giving us yourself today. And I'm glad that you mm. could also have your mind taken off of it. But it also fuck it sucks, and I'm sorry if I'm not allowed to use the F word on this. Uh, but it's, we've used it's it a few worst. times now, so you know how to edit. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you giving that space. Sydney's going to edit yeah. like half of those out. Okay, we'll leave in a few. <laughs> <laughs> I, think but, I only got one and a half, so that's I stopped myself before the first one got good, all the way good. out. <laughs> I think we, we each get one. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I got to thank uh, both of you guys, and I have to thank uh, Sydney for editing assistance on this podcast. And uh, we'll give one last thank you uh, to my grandma, Viola. And uh, yeah, thank you to her. And other stuff, I don't know, guys. Friggin' follow the podcast. Uh, tell a friend about the podcast. And, uh, you know, if once you get uh, through our episodes, <laughs> there's 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 always dad movies there for you. So uh, I tell I tell people all the time in real life to go listen to dad movies. But uh, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a great podcast. And I'll tell you now to go listen to dad movies. So there you go. Sweet. Uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at dadmoviespod. Uh, you can find me at Bond, John Bond. Uh, if you want to look at my photos, they're on Instagram at John Michael's Mistakes. And uh, yeah, that's all the stuff I would have to plug. Other than Dad, it's, it's check it. It's a good, you know, it's a good thing. 
It's a good thing. Check it's it out. It's a good podcast. It's wholesome. <laughs> it's wholesome. It, it's very wholesome, guys. And uh, yeah, thank you uh, for listening, and we'll see you next week.